Hey folks, how the hell are you? I'm Kaylin. And I'm Houston, and you're listening to Crime or Reason. doing today we are doing just fine this has been a good week for us a real good week we're feeling feeling pretty good feeling pretty productive i'm very very excited the craziest thing happened to me this morning Mm -hmm. um i was researching laying in my bed right beside my doggos pyro and feisty they're little wiener dogs they were just kind of like snuggled up up to me i was doing some research for one of my 55 cases that i'm trying to research right now and all of a sudden i have like i've got my earphones in i'm not paying attention to much i'm just looking directly at my ipad and then all of a sudden i see something that looks like it flew off the top of my head and just flies to the corner of the wall and it was like a light it was like a white light Dudes, when I say that it freaked me the fuck out, my papa came hauling ass in because I was like, ah! like just <laughs> in complete panic. And uh, yeah, and I still have no clue what it was. Oh, so my I sat with the TV on the rest of the night. Mm-hmm. I'm not the biggest fan of sitting in the pitch uh, dark anyway. So yeah, I do tend to get a little spooked sometimes. It was a crazy time to say the least. So... But yeah, this has been a, a fun week for us. Not only have we been really getting into getting stuff together for our podcast mm-hmm. and all that together, but Kaylin and I are in a complete different world outside of the true crime business um, and color guard. And the biggest competition of the year happened this past weekend. Yep. So it was a wild time. We've seen so many good shows. It's just been fun for all and all for fun and it's a high school musical up in here. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, I guess we can go ahead and jump into it. We don't have too much to talk about today. Caitlin, are you ready? I don't think I am. I don't think you are either. I don't think I'm ready for this jelly. <laughs> that is correct, which is funny because when Caitlin pulled into her house today, she was definitely listen, listening to Destiny's Child. She definitely was. At full capacity and full <laughs> volume. So. Jamming. Literally jamming. Yeah. Jelly and jam. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun time. I had a time with this case. I saw the case um, on a video, on a, a true crime daily video, I think, that showed up on my YouTube. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to do this case. And I was like, wow, this case is ripping my heart out. And then I got to the end. And I was like, okay, there was some justice. But then I got a, a little switch up a Switch up a switch up at the end that made me ill. Like, I did not feel great what? after completely researching this case. I'm going to go ahead and say, like, right away that there is most definitely a trigger warning for suicide attempts, self-harm, and child murder. So, right out the gate, if this is not for you, you need to take it back go to one of our other episodes we completely dark. Yeah, we completely get it. But this this case is it's it's a bit rough. This is the case of the murder of Elizabeth Olton, also known as um the Alyssa Bustamante case. 
we'll start right out the gate. I'll give you some some background on Alyssa. Okay. Um, Alyssa Bustamante was born on January 28th, 1994. So she's like your age. Yeah. Yeah, like she is. Just a year older. You're born. A year and like a few days. Yeah. So, I mean, she is sitting in the age range of Kaylin and I. She was born in Cool County, Missouri. Um, to parents Michelle Bustamante and Cesar Bustamante. She has three siblings, two twin brothers, and a younger sister named Emma. Uh, Michelle gave birth to Alyssa as a teenager, and Cesar was actually in jail at the time. She kind of grew up in a pretty tragic home um, full of torment, according to like records and friends. Um, Michelle was very financially unstable. She suffered from substance abuse and had some criminal charges against her. And then at one point, Caesar was also arrested for three counts of assault. And so for those assault charges, he was serving 10 years. And Caesar is her dad. Her father, yeah. She was mostly cared for by her grandmother, Karen Brooke. And when Alyssa was seven, this was before Emma was born, Karen became the legal guardian of Alyssa and her twin brothers. Alyssa began at an early age developing suicidal thoughts as well as violent thoughts. In 2007, Alyssa had taken a bottle of Tylenol in a suicide attempt, and during this attempt, she had also cut herself multiple times and carved the word hate into her arms. Oh my gosh. So, at a very, very early age, she was, like, already experiencing some pretty detrimental thoughts, and she wasn't in the best living situation yeah she had a lot put on her at an early age and Mm -hmm. even when moving in with her grandmother like her grandmother was good to her but she was carrying a lot of that baggage with her yeah she ended up recovering from the attempt and then she ended up spending a little stint in a psychiatric or like under psychiatric care there were some places that said that it was 10 days and then other sources just said like a particular you know that she just spent some time not a particular time so possibly it was up to 10 days in psychiatric care and during that time she was diagnosed with depression and then ended up being prescribed antidepressants but she did still continue to self-harm herself and some of her her friends she's got a friend that actually talked about the fact that you know she was taking her medication like during during time she was they would be hanging out or whatnot and she'd be like hey i have to go upstairs and take my meds so she was taking the antidepressants but we also know that antidepressants do tend to have side effects that aren't always great on the body which we don't know if that was the case here but i mean that is something to consider a friend of Alyssa, um jennifer meyer said that Alyssa actually told her at Alyssa's 15th birthday party, I wonder what it would be like to kill someone, to see the life drain out of someone, to have that type of power to take life from someone. She had also admitted to Jennifer that she had tried to hang herself when she was 11. At the age of 11, she had a suicide attempt. And this was actually before she had um, taken the bottle of medication for an attempt i think she was 13 when that one happened but she had admitted that she to jennifer that she had actually had suicide attempts before that and then she said quote i would have put a gun to my head if i'd had one and then she ended up showing jennifer multiple suicide notes and multiple dark poems that she had written this is further 
this this behavior and kind of like what's going on in her mind is like further explored into her online persona because her online persona became very much more visible. A Facebook photo that showed her hand specifically, but there were multiple photos, so you knew it was her based on like the shirt and all that stuff um, of her with some sort of fake knife, maybe a fake knife, maybe not, I don't know. I saw the photo of her fake stabbing her friend in the stomach. And that's scary. Yeah, and that was like the smallest of the things that she had online. Mm -hmm. On her YouTube bio, she had actually written that her hobbies included cutting and killing people. And she had posted a video on there, or on YouTube, like she had multiple videos, and I ended up getting to see these videos because while these videos like her account has been deactivated since mm -hmm. then but these videos have been uploaded and I saw a video of her on a bus it was just very aggressive mm -hmm. you know like she was having fun she was with her friends but like some of the things that she was saying she was she was using a lot of profanities and, and which we're not going to judge her for because I used a lot of profanities at that age which yeah. I still haven't gotten rid of I still be cussing <laughs> quite a bit um, which if you've made it to episode three of this podcast, <laughs> you know, um, and it was just, it, but you could tell that like there was some aggression mm -hmm. and it was intense. But one of the other videos that she had actually had on her YouTube, which was more alarming, it, it was a video of her grabbing an electric cattle fence, which I've never done for fun. An electric fence? Yeah. So what, she grabbed it? She grabbed it on purpose. She had her twin brothers over there, and I don't know, or I don't know if it was both of her twin brothers or one of the twin brothers, but f at least one of them was over there. So somebody was recording her grabbing it and like her working herself up to it, and then she ended up grabbing it, and then it immediately cuts to a text that says, "This is where it gets good. We get to see my brother get hurt," and then it immediately cuts to her urging her little brother to grab the fence. Oh no! And I it, I've grabbed a fence that was for made for horses, like the web, like um, they have squares. Yeah, yeah. And I grabbed onto it and immediately had to let go because yeah. it hurt so bad. My uncle accidentally peed on an electric fence mm. once. I could no. not imagine. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're painful. I've ran painful. into an electric fence before um, when we had our horse and our donkey. Yeah. Um, but. Definitely painful. At first, it was, it was really aggressive because, like, when it cut to her, she was actually grabbing her brother's hand and trying to pull it over to the fence. Oh, and then mm -hmm. she immediately kind of, like, coerced him into doing it. Mm-hmm like worked him up and then he ended up grabbing it on his own accord but like it was from a lot of urging and pressure of her and he ended up actually grabbing it and then like falling to the ground and that's where the video cut it was serious because he like grabbed it immediately fell to the ground and then she says something like you're fine it didn't hurt that bad or something along the lines of that and like he's literally laying Older on the ground sister, right and i'm like you're all right right but like he's he's young yeah I mean, she was probably 14, 15 when she did that video. Mm-hmm. And, she like... She knew what she was doing. Yeah, you know. I mean, it's just... That's intense. Like, I'm not gonna grab one, much less... I really hate to be shocked. Yeah. I hate, I hate to be yeah. shocked. I hate to be snapped. Yes. Get out. But, yeah. So, that ended up happening. Um, So, that's just kind of, like, a little background of, like, what her personality entailed. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of how she was going about her life and really just like the dark side of it and this is one of those things where obviously when we get to the murder it's the murderer's fault 
you know, like that was something that the murderer did yes. and they hold full accountability mm-hmm. for that. But also we we see that it was just a lot of times that a lot of people who were in authority for her really just felt her. Mm-hmm. Now that doesn't make what she did okay, obviously, but she was definitely failed. There was a lot of stuff that probably should have gotten done that didn't, you to know. To take care of her mental health, right? Right, so... We don't create monsters, but sometimes we do enable monsters, mm-hmm. and that this is one of those cases. We are going to jump to October 21st, 2009. So Patty Price was at home in St. Martin's, Missouri with her children, Stephanie, Anthony, and Elizabeth. Elizabeth Olton, who was the youngest, she was nine, was practicing her music and lines for a play that she was in at the school. Six-year-old Emma Bustamante who is Alyssa's younger sister. Her family lived a few houses down on the other side of the woods in the neighborhood. They kind of lived in like this curve of a road. And Mm -hmm. so even though she was only, I think it was like four houses down, um, she lived on one side of the curve and the Bustamantes lived on the other side of the curve. And so there was like a wooded area there. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so Emma ended up knocking on the door and asked if Elizabeth could come play. Um, Patty first said that she or that Elizabeth wasn't able to go play because Patty was cooking supper but then both of the girls begged we know how young girls are you know I mean Elizabeth is nine and Emma's six so Patty ended up allowing her to go play but she said that she had to be back in an hour which would have had her back around 6 p.m. Patty said that Elizabeth was deathly afraid of the dark and she knew that she would be back on time because of this like she did because not she want, didn't to, yeah. want to be out after dark. Which I was that child, so yes, one hundred percent. She ended up not showing up at six o'clock. So a little bit after six, when she hadn't showed up, Patty ended up calling Emma's grandmother, Karen Brooks, who we learned earlier. Um, as their legal guardian. Right. Mm-hmm. And Karen actually said that Elizabeth was never at their home. She was never actually at Karen's home. Mm-hmm. So Karen did not see her when she went and played with Emma. Patty, concerned, obviously, immediately called the police because she was like, she was not where she was supposed to be. That's enough for me. The police ended up going to Karen's home and no one there in that house had seen Elizabeth. So they ended up calling volunteers in the fire department as well as other police units to come search. Patty actually said that by 10 o'clock, by 10 o'clock, there were probably hundreds of people looking for her. That's amazing. Yeah. And we learned that that this, we learned that this is a very small town and we learned exactly how big that number is here in a little bit. Um, a good community. Right. So they ended up doing a grid search and they found nothing. Elizabeth had a cell phone. Patty kept calling it and calling it. I mm-hmm. um, couldn't get a hold of her, so they ended up performing an emergency cell ping to pinpoint her exact location. Her phone ended up pinging three times in the woods, that wood wooded area in the neighborhood, before her phone ended up dying. Sergeant David Rice of the Missouri Highway State Police and his investigative team were called in the day after she went missing, um, as well as the FBI, and then 300 local volunteers ended up showing up. This is 300 local volunteers, and St. Martin's had a residential population of 1,140 people. Um, David said that he believed that she was still in the area, but they did have to consider the fact that she may have been abducted by somebody. The FBI ended up questioning Emma, who said that the last time that she had seen Elizabeth, she was walking home after they were playing. And then there ended up being this weird scenario where a little bit later she kind of changed that story up 
And she said something about how she had fallen into, like, a thorn bush or some sort of, like, briar patch. And when she fell in, she was hollering for her her sister and mm-hmm. kept hollering for Alyssa, Alyssa, Alyssa. And then there wasn't too much detail about that, but she did say that she changed her story up to that. We end up learning that when Elizabeth went missing, Emma's sister, Alyssa Bustamante, could not be accounted for. Everybody, like all the other kids in the neighborhood, could be accounted for Mm -hmm. except for Alyssa. And then she was questioned and said that, yes, she did skip school that day, but she knew nothing of Elizabeth's whereabouts. And then Alyssa was not considered a suspect. Um, because they said that she was actually very like cool, calm, and collective when they were talking to her. So we've got Emma. Emma. Alyssa. Alyssa. Emma is Alyssa's sister. Yeah. So was... And then their neighbors, mm-hmm. along with their grandmother, grandfather, and their two, are uh, like their twin brothers, and they are in the same neighborhood as Patty Price and mm-hmm. her three kids, Stephanie, mm-hmm. Anthony and elizabeth and elizabeth's the youngest she's nine and then emma is six and then Alyssa would be 15 at this time a grave sized hole was actually found in the woods but they found nothing inside and when i was looking at this they should they obviously showed photos and there was like water inside of it like there was a bunch of you know Mm -hmm. like stuff of nature but there was nothing inside of that but Alyssa actually ended up admitting to digging the hole and she said that she just likes to dig holes and sometimes she would bury dead animals respectable that she would bury dead animals but this was a hole that didn't have any animals in it. Like, you're just keeping a hole to the side. Like, mm, maybe I'll find a dead animal today, you yeah. know? The FBI actually obtained permission to search Elizabeth's house. So, it didn't say anything about a search warrant. It makes it sound like maybe Karen had actually said yes. Just allowed yeah. them into yeah. the house to search it. Okay. This is where things tend to take a dark turn. Inside Alyssa's room... They had actually found letters from her father, who was still in prison at the time, hung up on her wall. Which, I won't say much, that's her father. Mm -hmm. But as well, they found dark messages and imagery that were also on the wall. Some of them were actually written in blood. Some were in pen, some were in blood. Like in her own blood? I'm, I'm assuming so. A few of the things that were written on the wall were a quote that said, It was written in blood. And then all capital letters, it was written in blood, exclamation mark. So it said it twice. One was all capitalized. A poem of self-harm. And I didn't put the poem on here because it was pretty dark. But one of the things that it did say on there was, I cut to see blood because I like it. And then there was a silhouette of a person that she had drawn on the wall. Then she drew like these slashes into it to make it look like they had suffered some sort of like cut or slash wounds and they were to the arm and to the face. The scary part about that was, is over to the side, she had labeled that silhouette Emma, who was her little sister. That's what she had labeled that silhouette as. Oh my goodness. We've yeah. got some really dark things going on. Yeah, here. yeah. It's it's wild. And you think about this because this is like some of the stuff that you'd see in like full adult killers and we're seeing this in a 15 year old a diary of Alyssa was also found entries included dark poems which i'm not going to go too much into detail because some of them are incredibly dark she had referenced killing a family by setting their house on fire i don't know if it said that she wanted to or if it was just referencing like setting a house on fire and then killing the family inside 
but that was referenced. And then an entry on Wednesday, October 21st, 2009, that had been marked out with a blue pen. Like completely marked out? She had completely scratched it out. Now we keep in mind that was the day that Elizabeth Olton had gone had missing, gone missing mm-hmm. which is the day before this. They were actually able to make out uh, on a little bit further examination. They were able to make out the words slit and throat. Well, after that, obviously, they were like, we're going to bring Alyssa in. We're going to question her. And so she ended up being questioned by David Rice. David used the silent method during the questioning. And this method refers to asking questions followed by complete silence to make the suspect feel uncomfortable and anxious. And so this kind of pushed her to be a little more sporadic and kind of a little bit crazier in her behavior and how she was answering things. He then says, we have your diary, pulls the diary out, sets it on the table, and then silence again. Alyssa ends up breaking, and then she states that she was walking with Elizabeth, and Elizabeth had fallen and hit her head and ended up dying. She said it was an accident. David then says to her, the autopsy will reveal everything. Just answer me this. Was her throat cut? And then Alyssa simply says, yes. I watched the video of this interview. And I'm going to be honest, interrogation videos, obviously I'm doing like a a true crime podcast Mm -hmm. and I love this kind of stuff. But interrogation videos really fuck me up. Oh yeah, they give me chills. Yeah, and so watching this, it was absolutely heart-wrenching because... Why did I just get emotional? I am so sorry. I've been over-emotional <laughs> yeah. today, and I've, whenever you were talking about the beginning part, I was I'm near like, it. I'm right, like, I'm like, am I going to... On the verge of tears. Right, I'm like, am I going to sob right now? Maybe because it has to do with the grandmother, and I just love my grandmother like, so damn much. Grandmothers and kids. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but it was so hard to watch because he ends up asking her if Elizabeth's throat was, was cut, and mm-hmm. she says yes. And her, because she's underage, her legal guardian had to be in there, which was her grandmother. And you could just tell that her grandmother grandmother. absolutely tried her hardest to raise these kids. And the moment that she said that and she realized what was going on, her grandmother just lost it. She broke down. She was screaming. She was crying. They ended up, one of the detectives ended up saying to the other one, like, can you please get her out of here before we can continue this? Like, it was so heart-wrenching because Mm -hmm. you knew at that moment, Karen Brooks knew exactly what Alyssa had done. And her heart was broken. Yeah. And, like, I get that. I could not, I, like, I, I get her reaction, but there's no way that I could comprehend Because, like I said, Karen really, she did the most that she could for these kids. Just like a grandmother would. Yeah. How many grandmothers do you know that wouldn't? After she said all that, she ended up admitting that she had, and this is where it gets twisted to think a 15-year-old thought of this. She admitted that she had used Emma, her six-year-old sister, to get Elizabeth out of her home to come outside. She used her six-year-old sister to do that. And when, when Emma and Elizabeth had made it to Alyssa... Alyssa told Emma to go home. She then took Elizabeth by her hand and walked her deep into the woods. And the whole time she was saying, I've got something for you. I've got a surprise for you. Not too much, not like not too much further. I've got something for you. She ended up the whole time holding her hand and saying this to her, taking her to a shallow grave in the woods by their home. She strangled her, stabbed her multiple times in the chest and then slit her throat. This girl is 15. You're pulling me down. This is... I told you. 
Yeah. Alyssa then took the police officers to where Elizabeth was buried. In the video that I watched, the police officer was doing an interview with, obviously, you know, a reporter. And they both walked back down that path. And he said once he got down there, even though it was hard for them to figure, like, to see it before, she had pointed it out. And he was like, yeah, I, I see it. They said that because it had been a couple days at that point that parts of, like, her feet and, like, stuff like that were starting to stick out the ground. Mm -hmm. They said that her body was probably only buried three inches below the soil line. Shortly after that, they were able to analyze the last entry in, in Alyssa's diary. I'm just going to go ahead and say this. Out of all the things that have happened and all the things that are read and saw, this particular diary entry was the thing that fucked me up the most. Mm -hmm. So maybe if you don't want to hear it, if you're already having problems with this, just go ahead and skip, like... 30 seconds to a minute ahead in this video. The diary entry read, I just fucking killed someone. I strangled them and then slit their throat and then stabbed them. Now they're dead. I don't know how to feel at the moment. It was amazing. As soon as you get over the, oh my God, I can't do this feeling, it's pretty enjoyable. I'm kind of nervous and shaky though right now. Okay, I gotta go to church now, LOL. I'm not going to lie, I read that, and while I was doing the case, and I, like I said, I, I listen to true crime videos all the time, or like, or watch true crime videos all the time, I listen to true crime podcasts all the time, I watch this stuff like True Crime Daily mm -hmm. and stuff like that all the time, but, um, and that was the moment when I got so sick to my stomach, I just had like a single tear moment like down my face, I was like, this is repulsive to me, and it just, it broke my heart, because again... I'm not sympathetic to the murderer, but she's only 15. I'm not going to sympathize with her. She made the choice. Mm -hmm. But again, we didn't create the monster, but we enabled it in the scenario. It and was allowed to yeah. get this bad. Yeah. There were signs. And then to just think that because the moment that I read that, I thought back to or, or like I thought about the fact that Alyssa so carelessly was just like so nonchalant about it like yeah I just fucking killed somebody ha 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 right. I'm gonna go to church now and then thinking about the fact like I was thinking that she felt like that but then thinking about the fact that how Patty Price was thinking I almost didn't let my daughter go out and play that day and like how awful she was still and that just it, I mean it wrecked me mm. well this is where the the murder portion ends, and we are going to move into the trial. I don't have much on the trial. Mm -hmm. um, just the trial was no greater than any other trial. You know, it was just like how a trial goes. There were some discrepancies that happened. I'm um, sure they kept it under wraps because she was so young. Right, too. and you know, at that point, which by the time that the trial started, this was 2012, so she was... 18, 18 pushing into 19 mm -hmm. when the trial happened was certified to be trialed as an adult due to the fact that she was digging the grave days before and due to having her sister elizabeth or having her sister lure elizabeth from her home it, it was, was considered premeditated mm -hmm. and so she was going to be charged with first degree let me say they said that there were two graves and we we learned that there was the grave that she was dug in and the grave that they didn't find anything in and while i don't want to i'm not going to base anything in fact if it's not in fact they did speculate because of her mistreatment of her siblings they actually thought that maybe Alyssa's initial plan was to kill her brothers because she had dug two graves 
Wow. Yeah. I was going to say maybe it was that she planned to kill both the girls, her sister and... Yeah, no. They Elizabeth. they thought that because of... You end up learning that she was heavily... Almost abusive. Well, no. Very much abusive. Very abusive. But she was heavily intrigued in the physical brutality of her brothers. Mm-hmm. Like, she was very much training of them. Well, but you can also see in the video... Encourage that... Right. A little boy to try and touch mm-hmm. the fence, an electric fence. But you can also see in that video too that like he somehow weirdly trusts his sister, which I mean, I'm not gonna question that because that's his oldest his oldest sibling, yeah. you know, like his older sister. But yeah, so she was going to be because it was because it was premeditated, she was going to be tried or charged with first degree murder. So in 2012, she's 18 going into 19 at this point. The trial happens, and we end up finding out that the defense lawyers, the defense team, actually requested for Alyssa's confession to be thrown out because under a Missouri law, she was question or she was asked questions that were considered unconstitutional for a minor to be asked, and the judge agreed. So they threw out Alyssa's confession. confession. With this, there was a new Missouri law that was in the works that was going to keep um, minors from being sentenced to life without parole. And that was kind of going on, so they were going to have to make everything happen quickly. Let me say, I do agree with that. I think that a child who commits some sort of murder or atrocious crime at a young age should not be sentenced to life without parole because we have to consider the fact that they're so young that rehabilitation can happen. Yeah. Now, before we get into the last part, I do want to make that note. I do agree with that. But I also think that there needs to be a very... Aggressive. Like, st- well, there needs to be a stint of time served. Mm-hmm. And then and some then kind of aggressive Some sort of rehabilitation, rehabilitation yes. That they need to and go And we through. actually learned that the reason, or one of the things that went into her being tried as an adult, mm-hmm. was the fact that the lawyers were actually afraid of her being in a juvenile system because they thought that she was going to hurt somebody else. And while she was being held before trial, they had to keep her nails trimmed because she was using them to cut herself. She's obviously very mentally and psychologically disturbed. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I just, I think that she could probably maybe be rehabilitated, but it was going to take a lot. Like, it's not just going to take like a 10, 15 year sentence. It would be a long process. Yeah. In order to help her. Right. Now, because of this law and because of the fact that Alyssa's confession had been um, thrown out, the prosecution team ended up offering a plea deal. And Alyssa ended up taking that plea deal, which was life with the possibility of parole plus 30 years Mm -hmm. for armed criminal action. She was going to get life plus 30 years. Now, she had the possibility of parole, which would have made her eligible for parole in 2044, which would have been 35 years and five months served. Mm-hmm. I think for the crime, that's perfect because she was being charged with first degree murder. And then she ended up taking a plea deal and was able to plead guilty to second degree murder. So that, I think, is perfect. That would have put her out by the time that she was 50. And I know that's a lot of her life. But at the age of 15, she dug graves five days before murdering a nine-year-old. And convinced her her six-year-old sister to lure her out. Like, 
She knew. Yeah. What she wanted to do. She I knew just, her intentions. Right. I just cannot see somebody, even at the age of 15, being rehabilitated by the time that they're 30 mm-hmm. or the time they're 35. Like, that's, you know, that's going to take some time. This is where, for the longest time, the story ended. Had we done this podcast two years ago, that's where I would have ended the story. However, a new bill passed in 2021, last year in Missouri. Senate Bill 26 allows minors who were sentenced to 20 or to, or to 15 years of incarceration the ability to be eligible for parole after 15 years, regardless of whether the case is final for the purpose of appeal. Alyssa Bustamante is scheduled for a parole hearing in 2024. In two years, she is going to be able for a parole hearing to see if she can get out. trial to see if she can get out. Oh, my goodness. And if they're going to do that, that's all fine and dandy. But then let's make sure that she spends a five to ten year stint in a mental um, institution. Institution. To make sure that she gets the... Because Full she's she's going to come out as 30, and I just don't think 15 years is long enough. Because not only was it only 15 years, but the first six of that, she was under 21. Your full frontal lobe doesn't develop until you're 21. That means she will have only spent nine years after her full frontal lobe has developed. And she was in a, a penitentiary, a state penitentiary. And so you Which can, obviously she's not, again, still not getting yeah, the best. The help that she needs. Well, and she's still not getting the best role models to look right. at and say, you know, oh, this so, is how I should act. This bill is, regardless of whatever the judge says, they are allowed, if yes. they're underage, after 15 years of incarceration, get the ability to be paroled. Yeah. Yeah. I have my opinions on it. I would like to not push my opinions on you guys. And try to persuade you in any sort of way. I want you to, you know, decide your own opinions on that. But with that being said, I find this so poor. But there is a petition on change.org to have this appealed. And the link to this petition will be in our show notes. Because I do find it just so... I, I just can't fathom her being out in two years. Well, and I'm not in full understanding as to why whenever we have a system of judges to decide the punishment for these people who do these bad things, what's the point in them being able to decide right. what's I, going to happen with these people? And again, we also have to consider the fact that it's just a parole hearing. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean she's going to get paroled. It doesn't mean she's going to get paroled. But the fact that that's open to her. Yeah. So, I am sorry. I know that she was only 15 when this happened. And I think, like I said, people can be rehabilitated. Everybody Mm -hmm. gets a second chance. But considering this case and everything that I researched about it, I don't feel comfortable with it. And I just don't think that she should be walking as a free person in two years. And, again, you don't have to agree with me. That is totally fine. I don't expect everybody to agree with me. But if you do agree with me and you feel that way, that link to that change.org petition will be in the show notes for you to sign. So, and I am incredibly, incredibly sorry with how heavy that is. It's a very heavy episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, episode three, Far let's down. go. Yeah. Like, um, or episode for... four. I am so sorry. I don't even know what episode we're on. It'll be episode four. So, um, we're, we're early on and I was just like, let's get controversial. Let's, yeah. let's get heavy. 
Um, Kaylin literally said to me, do you think that, like, with that first case, we got a little too heavy? And I was like, I hope not, because my second case is going to be batshit crazy. And it was. Yeah. So, how are you feeling, Kay? I am feeling emotional. Yeah. (laughs) And I just, in the world that we grew up in, as, you know, 1990s babies. Right. Things were a lot different. Yeah. Things were a lot different back then. And people who had suicidal thoughts were not able to get the help that they really needed. Correct. Yeah. Because, like, if we look back about it, like, she's our age. So, like, she's older than you. Yeah. And you're only a couple years younger than I am. In between us. Right. Yeah. So, and I think about me growing up as a gay man in the high school that I went to, Mm -hmm. like, it was awful. It was bullshit. Mm Mm-hmm. She's between you and myself, Mm -hmm. so she's like, she would have gone to high school with us, and we obviously know things back when we were in high school and and middle school and elementary school that there was just a lot of stuff that wasn't taken seriously. Right. And, And just to look back and think about, like, some of the stuff that we had to go through just because... People didn't take our emotions seriously or our mental stability seriously. That, yeah, she, I mean, she probably wasn't even able to get the help that she needed in school. And, and again, it, we don't create monsters, but we enable them. And the way that she grew up triggered a monster. That does not take away any of the fault on her. She decided one day she was going to kill her nine-year-old neighbor and that's on her. Mm-hmm. And that judgment was placed on her. But us as a society, especially considering that time, because she's, what, 15? I would have been 17 at the time. This would have been 2000, you know, like in the late 2000s. We obviously know it was in 2009. She was, she, there's a good chance she was not getting the help that she needed. Yeah, yeah. I think back to, like, that high school time and how there's just so many issues that we all face in high school already and you know all of the different things going on in our lives and right I mean like you said she obviously had some issues growing up beforehand too with her her mom and her father and her having to live with her grandmother you know that kind of stuff probably but if we're being honest I dealt with a lot of shit and I grew up with my grandmother and I didn't decide one day I was going to kill somebody. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, again, we we are saying, like, obviously she had a rough time, but that's still not allowing you the permission to go and take somebody's life. You you just People have hard times. People grow up in... The worst situations. The worst situations. People do grow up in terrible situations and still turn out to be good people. Right. Rather than... At the age of fifteen, murdering right. someone. This just is one of those cases that proves that we have to we have to start we have to start taking mental health like, very seriously. Very seriously, yeah. And and we're at that we're at that time in the year that we're in in twenty twenty two. Like it's taken very seriously now, and yeah. I think we're starting to see how important like, it is. Therapies encouraged. Yeah, people are encouraged. We to... encourage therapy, guys. Yes. I cannot explain how much therapy has helped me, mm-hmm. and and just a lot of people that I know. And I I think at the end of the day, um, we all need to be taking that very seriously. And we know that this turned into kind of like a crazy tangent, but yeah, but it, it's something. It, it's somber. I feel like this is not the mood that you guys have had for the past you know few times that you have gotten to engage with us we tried to keep it i think light and airy and 
But we also like to keep it real. Yeah, and keep it where we're trying to set more of the mood of what we plan on doing on our longer episodes right, right now. yeah. Like, this yeah. is how it's going to be. And they're not always going to be this dark. Mm-hmm. But and then our, our, you know, shorts are going to be pretty light and yeah. fun, but... At the end of the day, we just we just want to make sure that you guys are all caring for yourself and and getting your mental check in you know in line and because we all need that. And yep. if you're feeling some type of way, just call somebody, talk to somebody, hell, message us. Any <laughs> well, thoughts of yeah suicide? Uh, definitely get some help. Yeah, any sort of violent thoughts. Um, I think a lot of people. I suffer from really bad intrusive thoughts, and I think a lot of people think that that makes them. It makes them feel, like, sociopathic and psychotic. That was something that happened to me. Like, I used to feel, like, a complete psychopath because of, like, the intrusive thoughts in my mind. And, like, therapy was really able to help me work through that because, again, that doesn't make you crazy. We all have those kinds of thoughts. So, we just, we want you to be your extra most healthy and happy self. Yes, very. Take take good care of yourself and, and make sure that your mental, physical... All of it is in check. And drink water. Drink water. <laughs> I'll tell you, like I tell my high school students, hydration is not an option. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, but um, thank you for coming out. Thank you for listening to my episode. Like I said, I, the this case definitely just kind of rocked my world and made me feel some, some type of way. And yeah, I'm looking it. Kaylin directly in the face. I can tell that way it affected her. Yes. Yeah, so, but. But we're glad you came, and uh, we hope you keep coming and and checking us out. Um, you can follow us on all of our social medias. We've got Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. We're working on the TikTok. Yeah, we, we just released our first TikTok, mm-hmm. um, and all of those are at Crime or Reason. You can also email us at crimeorreason at gmail.com with suggestions, stories, or whatever you feel like. Um, just reach Sharing out to us. With us yeah. yeah. So um, definitely stop by. Um, our podcast is on a few platforms now. You can listen directly through RSS, which is our hosting website, or you can listen through um, Apple Podcasts. You can listen through Spotify. And on all of those platforms, it is Crime or Reason. Yes, yes, yes. So it doesn't matter where you go. If you go on Apple Podcast or Spotify, just Crime or Reason. Um, we're also on Amazon Music, Google Podcast. Yeah, thank you for hanging out with us. Thanks for listening. Yep, come back and see us uh, later in the week or or next week or two weeks after that, just whenever you feel like fucking coming back. Come hang out with us. <laughs> so stay safe. Stay healthy. And stay criminal. criminal. Bye, guys. Bye.